Welcome into this week's edition of the Stones Throw Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stone, coming to you on SportsCarolinaMonthly.com. As always, you can check it out. Check out the podcast uh, here, along with all the other great content. Also on the uh, Sports Carolina Monthly Facebook page and the uh, Sports Carolina Monthly Twitter as well. A few things to uh, to get to on today's show. It'll be uh, NBA-focused. Uh, the Warriors able to force uh, Game 6 last night, but why I still think at this point the Raptors are destined to be the NBA champs. We'll also talk about why uh, Kevin Durant was in a no-win situation during these uh, these NBA Finals, and we'll also discuss uh, the best trades, uh, the best trade scenarios for Anthony Davis. Now, now that we know what the Pelicans are wanting in return the teams that could uh, could maybe uh, give that to them uh, but like I said the Warriors able to uh, force game six last night uh, they did get a little bit of a contribution in the early going from Kevin Durant before he uh, tore his or what they think is a torn uh, Achilles it always looked like an Achilles injury to me before uh, the before when when he initially had the injury uh, that caused him to uh, to miss significant amount a significant amount of time, and then last night it looked like it just kind of gave out on him on that uh, that play, and it's a shame because he was really playing well. I mean, he had 11 points in 12 minutes. He was three of three from three point range, and and I mean, honestly, if he doesn't play those 12 minutes, uh, the Warriors, uh, the Toronto Raptors, are NBA champs right now because he was still their fourth leading scorer last night, uh, even though he only played. Uh, 12 minutes, uh, you know, behind Steph Curry having a monster night and Klay Thompson having a big night. Also, they got a good night out of DeMarcus Cousins off the bench. You know, Kevin Durant was the uh, the fourth leading scorer on the team. Uh, they had five players in double figures last night, including Draymond Green. Nobody else for the Warriors scored more than five points. Uh, that, that's been the, the problem for the Warriors really throughout this uh, this postseason has been their struggle. Uh, with their uh, with their bench, uh, but give them credit. I mean, give give Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, you know, Demarcus Cousins, Draymond. Give them credit because it 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 would have been really easy to fold after seeing Kevin Durant go down like that. You're playing on the road, uh, obviously, just a really tough situation, tough place to play. But they still found a way to uh, to be able to uh, to pull it out. And, and and really, I thought a big difference last night was their defense on Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi had a solid game. Don't get me wrong: twenty six points, twelve rebounds, six assists. But they did force him into five turnovers. He also only shot nine of twenty four from three point range. And in large part, it was because they were determined they weren't going to let Kawhi Leonard uh, play one on one last night. And they did a really uh, exceptional job of uh, of guarding him last night. Uh, you know, and really the the guy that kind of let the Guy that kind of let the Raptors down last night was Danny Green. He only had four points. Uh, you know, they had 15 from Ibaka off the bench, 11 from Fred Van Vliet off the bench. Uh, off the bench, excuse me. Uh, then you also had 12 from Siakam. Mark Gasol had a fantastic night: 17 points, eight rebounds on four of six shooting. And then Kyle Lowry, uh, who shriveled in the uh, the big moment, obviously, but he still had a nice game with 18 points and uh, and six assists, shooting eight of 16. From the uh, from the field, that that I, I do think Kawhi in crunch time made the right play to give it to Kyle Lowry. That's just not the guy I would have trusted to take that shot. If it's me and you're playing in that situation, the point guard that I'm giving the ball to for the Raptors is Fred VanVleet. He's been fantastic from three really since the uh, since the Eastern Conference Finals. That's the guy I would have gone to in that situation. 
if I was the uh, the Raptors, but I do think Kawhi made the right play, made the right basketball play in terms of getting rid of the ball. Like I said, the Warriors did a really good job last night of just kind of harassing him and making him give the ball up a lot. And at times when he wasn't giving the ball up, they did a good job of causing uh, causing turnovers. Uh, last night he committed five turnovers, five of their thirteen turnovers by himself last night. Uh, but it, it, it's an interesting thing because a lot of a lot of the discussion has been about Nick Nurse taking that time out when the Raptors were starting to uh, to get starting to get it going. Really, they had the momentum at that point. I, I don't think. I mean, I, I think that's a cheap thing to blame on Nick Nurse. Like he, he, let's keep it in perspective. Nick Nurse has been fantastic in these NBA Finals. He has coached circles around Steve Kerr. I remember reading an article leading up to the NBA Finals that the biggest mis- mismatch was between Steve Kerr and Nick Nurse, and it was saying that Steve Kerr had the clear advantage. That has not been the case in these Finals. Nick Nurse has coached circles around Steve Kerr before last night. Now, the Warriors finally adjusted to, uh, to Kawhi last night, and they were determined they weren't going to let him play one-on-one last night. Why it took you know five games to do that I don't quite know uh, but it did pay off for them last night now the big thing for the uh, for the Warriors is you know can they you know they've got a lot to overcome you got two days to think about it travel back to uh, to Golden State for game six and you got a lot to overcome you got to overcome the Kevin Durant injury there is no longer that looming presence that he might play he played last night he got hurt probably Torres Achilles he's definitely done for the series there is no no question uh, about that uh, you know the Raptors they, they kind of had the momentum going down the stretch of that game I know it was heartbreaking before them that they couldn't pull it out especially in Toronto but you know you, you have to like the Raptors going into game six even though you know that they won the, the Warriors it's gonna be hard to win the three games in a series there in Golden State but the Warriors just have to have somebody from their bench, step up. Whether it's Quinn Cook, Sean Livingston, Looney, McKinney, Bell, somebody has to step up for the Warriors outside of Green, Curry, you know, Thompson, and DeMarcus Cousins. Somebody else has got to step up. Obviously, Andre Iguodala has been playing hurt. He's playing a lot of minutes on Kawhi Leonard, so that's kind of, I think, hurting his offense to an extent. Uh, but somebody outside of the, the main four for the Warriors that we're talking about has got to step up and have a big night. They can't have another night like they did last night or on Tuesday night or excuse me on Monday night on Thursday night and expect to win that game even if it is in Golden State. I mean, the only way that's going to work out is if Steph Curry goes for 50, which is entirely possible. Uh, you know, it is entirely possible Golden State could win that game uh, just based off the crowd and getting the energy from that uh, that crowd there at home but even if it goes to game seven going back to Toronto I I just feel like and and I'm not making the excuse that the Warriors are tired but look it is their fifth straight NBA finals uh you know this is not something that it we we talked about it with LeBron how LeBron looked so worn down at times during that that stretch he had uh this is the same Warriors group is now playing in their fifth straight NBA finals they're banged up they don't have the same bench they've always had they don't have Kevin Durant Iguodala's playing hurt. Clay Thompson's playing a little banged up. It, it just seems like so much is going against the Golden State Warriors that it feels like it, it's Toronto's to lose at this point, even though 
they're going back to Oracle for Game 6. It, it just feels like this series, the momentum is still soundly with the Toronto Raptors at this uh, this point. But we'll see uh, what takes place at, uh, at Oracle on Thursday night. Uh, staying with the Warriors and with Kevin Durant, you know, there, there was the, the constant speculation around whether he was going to play this series, really since he got hurt in the, uh, the Rockets series, uh, and they won without him. I mean, I mean Kevin Durant, if anybody, uh, I, I've never seen a great player, a guy that might be the best player in the NBA. In my opinion, he probably is right now. He's definitely the best scorer in the NBA. I've never seen a guy at his stature in the NBA be in this much of a no-win situation as he was over the last month or so because you know th- there was all the talk about oh the Warriors might be better without Kevin Durant which was asinine to begin with they moved the ball better without Kevin Durant but you're not better when you don't have Kevin Durant that has shown up in these NBA finals okay can we put that to rest now that idiotic argument but there, there was that argument there was the oh they don't need Kevin Durant to win they won before he got there then there was the Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant milking this injury you know how much is he with us there were reports that there was some dissension in the locker room uh because he wasn't playing yet and they felt like maybe he could play uh i don't know how true that was i mean based on what the reports were coming out of his practices that you would find that a little hard to believe uh, but even if he did play and they did win the championship the reaction was going to be you know if he to play the beginning of the finals it was going to be no he's supposed to win best team you know, he went and joined a team that already won a championship. This doesn't mean anything for Kevin Durant. I will say, though, I mean, if he had, you know, played the next three games, you know, come and helped them come back from a 3-1 deficit, you could have maybe started to have the conversation that this was just as much Kevin Durant's team as Steph Curry's team. But he, he really was in a no-win situation. One, because we're talking about serious injury also, and you've got free agency looming, and you don't want to do anything that could potentially uh, hurt your earning or hurt what you know what your decision could end up being, and it's going to be a very interesting. Like this throws a wrench in it a little bit because it, it's going to feel a little bit like unfinished business for Kevin Durant if the Warriors don't win this championship because they won't essentially have done what they set out to do. And granted, I know he said he wanted to win a championship, but let's face it. When you've got that much talent, their goal was to win it every year. And if they don't win it this year, then it'll feel a little bit like unfinished business for Kevin Durant. So will he feel like he's able to leave and go elsewhere? Um, you know, another thing is, you know, how long is it going to take Kevin Durant before he's back on the court, before he's able to play a game again? You know, like I would guess if it's a torn Achilles, you know, I, I, I just I'm not a doctor, but I, I would think. New Year's at the earliest of 2020. I, I that that's what I would think. Um, as far as you know, how long it would take to get him back, uh, and you know, it, typically the normal recovery time is four to six months. So I mean, you're talking about if it's six months, you know, depending on how bad the tear is, you're talking about December or New Year's essentially. So you know that that maybe throws a wrench in. Whoever's trying to sign Kevin Durant, their plans for the uh, for the early season. So it, it's just going to make things really interesting to see 
what uh, what these teams that are pursuing Kevin Durant are planning to pursue Kevin Durant are going to do. And also what Kevin Durant's going to do because it, it, it's going to feel a little bit like unfinished business if the Warriors don't win this championship. And like I said right now, I still feel like it's the Raptors to lose, even though they are going back to uh, to Oracle for Game Six. But it really, you know, sad that first of all, the the reaction from the Raptors fans booing Kevin Durant was absolutely pathetic, and they should all be ashamed of themselves because that nothing that there's no place for that. I don't care what stage it is, there's absolutely no place for booing a guy that has got injured, especially a guy like Kevin Durant who busted his butt to come back and play in Game Five. And to be honest, he didn't have to. He really didn't have to. I, I know that's kind of the, the easy way out of saying it. He could have sat the finals, and people would have understood. There may have been some people that criticized him and said that he was milking it or that he just didn't want to play or, or for whatever reason. But he, the reality is he didn't have to play. He busted his butt to come back and play. And now the discussion is going to be today, well, should he have played? Well, should he have played? Maybe he should have looked out for his long-term interest and not played last night again it was a no this this entire month has been a no win scenario for Kevin Durant staying in the uh, in the NBA obviously you know we're we're heading up to the draft here i guess we're about uh 16 15 16 days away from the uh, from the NBA draft and, and now it appears that the Pelicans are going to try to move Anthony Davis before the NBA draft and, and the demands have been put out there. They're looking for an all-star, a young player with the potential to be an all-star, and then I believe two first-round picks. So, what are the the teams that could actually <laughs> meet that? Uh, and granted, they have said now that they're open to a multi-team deal, so that helps out teams like the Lakers and Knicks. Because let's face it, the Lakers and Knicks they don't have an all-star. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have anybody in that that capacity that they can move. So that was going to be a hindrance. Uh, if you're looking for a team for the for teams to them for them to trade straight up with, Boston is the best bet because they have an all-star guy in Al Horford or Gordon Hayward. And then you have young guys like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and then they have three first round picks this year. So if you're looking for one team to deal with, Boston is the best bet. The Brooklyn Nets are another interesting team because the Nets, you have D'Angelo Russell, you have Spencer Dinwiddie, Russell the All-Star, Spencer Dinwiddie the potential All-Star. Uh, you even have a guy like Karis LeVert as well. And then I, I don't know what their draft pick situation is exactly, but they're another team that could maybe pull something off if they were trying to do something straight up. Uh, the Clippers don't have an All-Star per se, uh, they do have some interesting pieces, maybe some draft picks, but don't think they could pull off that deal straight up. I mean, if, if you're looking at the Knicks or the Lakers, and those are reportedly the two teams that Anthony Davis has kind of focused in on in terms of where he would like to go. So if you're the Lakers, obviously at this point now you're looking for another trade partner and you're looking for somebody that has an all-star. Here's an interesting scenario, and I, I don't know if it'll happen I don't know how willing the other team will be willing to help out here, but the Cavaliers. Kevin Love is just kind of wasting away in Cleveland. He's an all-star. We know. 20 and 10 every time he steps on the floor, pretty much. So would the Cavaliers be willing to jump in on this trade and get something back, maybe a young player from the Lakers and a pick, um, 
and help Anthony Davis move to Los Angeles. You know, Kevin Love goes to the Pelicans. You know, Kuzma or Ingram goes to, you know, goes to uh, the Pelicans as well. Maybe Ball goes to the Cavaliers, and you get a draft pick back as well. Uh, or maybe Kuzma or Ingram, one of them ends up with the uh, with the Cavaliers or a guy like Josh Hart or something that that effect. But the Cavaliers, when I saw that they were looking with the, that the Pelicans were open to multi-team deals, the Cavaliers were the first team that came to mind because Kevin Love is basically just wasting away sitting there in, <laughs> in Cleveland. Um, I, I don't know who else you would potentially engage. Um, you know, maybe you look at the Rockets potentially, but you can't think the Rockets are going to want to help out the Lakers. But I mean, you know, maybe they, maybe there is the possibility of getting, you know, a Chris Paul involved. I wouldn't think they want him necessarily back in New Orleans, and I, I wouldn't think they want a guy at Chris Paul's age in terms of an All Star. I would think they would want somebody, you know, relatively young uh, in terms of All Star uh, caliber player. But, you know, obviously now that the, the multi-team deal thing is on the table, it does help out the Lakers and the Knicks to try to get something done. Um, and, you know, it, it's going to be real interesting because the Knicks, they have no, nobody close to an all-star. They do have, um, you know, they do have the, the, the kid out of Kentucky from, from last year's draft that had a pretty solid season. Um, they do have, you know, they have him. They have the number three pick. But, you know, obviously they would have to try to engage the Cavaliers or somebody else that has a star that you could potentially, you know, try to uh, try to engage to try to facilitate this. Because there, there aren't but so many teams. You've got to find a team that's bad, essentially. Because these teams that, you know, are, are trying to contend and trying to make the playoffs, they're not going to give up an all-star to help, to help out the Lakers and the Knicks. They're not going to feel sorry for the big market teams. So you've got to find a team that's drafting early. That's really bad. And, you know, the Cavaliers just seem to be the perfect trade partner and the perfect fit that I can think of all the time I have. Maybe you look at a team like the Bulls, maybe trying to get Zach Levine down to the uh, to the Pelicans. He's a guy that could certainly be an all-star if he can stay healthy. Uh, they have some young pieces there with the Bulls also. So I, you know, Bulls and Cavaliers are really the, the two teams that come to mind in terms of they're, they're not good. They're obviously not good teams at this point. And they're trying to get younger, and they do have guys that are potential or have been uh, all stars in the past. So those are the two teams that, if you're the the Lakers and the Knicks, you may try to engage. And there, there may be other scenarios out there that I, I'm not thinking of. There probably are, uh, but those are just were just the first two teams that uh, that came to mind for me. But either way, uh, after the NBA Finals gets done. It may be the the few weeks leading up to the draft and the uh, and free agency. They might be more interesting than the finals have been themselves. It's gonna be uh, gonna be fun, no question about it. As always, thanks for listening to the Stones Throw uh, podcast. As always, you can check it out on SportsCarolinaMonthly.com. Also, check out the Sports Carolina Monthly Facebook page as well.